can't imagine a more important topic facing school leaders than the idea and concept of equity. You know, when I think about starting the podcast years ago, back in 2015, part of my story is that in the leadership development programs that were occurring within the district, right, they only talked about what I call the three pillars of education. So raising student achievement, and that matters, right? Increasing attendance, of course, we want kids at school. In decreasing discipline, yes, we want safe environments for our kids to learn. But the problem with that is we only focused on those three things and ignored everything else that was impacting those three pillars. So I started this podcast, talked to people much smarter than me, learned from their stories of success and failure, and most importantly, took action on one idea that I was taught. I was interested in how do you craft a meaningful school vision that actually lives, right, and guides the work of the school? I hate hard conversations. They, like, ugh. They're terrible for me. So I, I wanted to learn how to have those effectively. And then finally, I wanted to figure out how do we address the inequities that are so clearly present in the system of school? So it is my honor and privilege to host my friend, Dr. Sheldon L. Akins from the Leading Equity Center, who wrote a new book that is available for pre-order right now called Leading Equity, Becoming an Advocate for All Students. So thankful that I have this platform where I could have discussions like today's on topics that matter and resonate with my heart and then spread it out, cause a ripple effect within Ruckus Maker Nation because that's what this show is built for. It's built for you, that out-of-the-box leader, making real positive change happen in education. Hey, it's Danny, and welcome to the Better Leaders, Better Schools podcast We'll be right back after some messages from our show sponsors. Establish your legacy with Harvard Certificate in School Management and Leadership. Learn from Harvard Business and Education School faculty as you develop the frameworks, skills, and knowledge you need to drive change improvement in your learning community. Programs run October 12th to November 9th, 2022. Apply by Friday, September 30th for our upcoming cohort at betterleadersbetterschools.com slash Harvard. Better Leaders, Better Schools is brought to you by school leaders like Principal Gutierrez using TeachFX. Special populations benefit the most from verbally engaging in class, but get far fewer opportunities to do so than their peers, especially in virtual classes. TeachFX measures verbal engagement automatically in virtual or in-person classes to help schools and teachers address these issues of equity during COVID. Learn more and get a special offer from Better Leaders, Better Schools listeners at teachfx.com forward slash BLBS. That's teachfx.com forward slash BLBS. All students have an opportunity to succeed with Organized Binder who equips educators with a resource to provide stable and consistent learning, whether that's in a distance, hybrid, or traditional educational setting. Learn more at OrganizedBinder.com. All right, we're live. I don't do this often with uh, a podcast guest, but if I thought about somebody who would experiment, you know, with me, who would embrace this, and he has just incredible value, I mean, ridiculous amounts of value to offer ruckus makers watching this, 
and it's going to turn into a podcast too, I thought of first, of course, Dr. Sheldon L. Akins. And he is the founder of the Leading Equity Center. If you're not familiar with his work, I highly recommend uh, you follow Dr. Akins. And as the founder of Leading Equity, uh, he's also the host of the Leading Equity Podcast, which is a great podcast as well, and author of Leading Equity, Becoming an Advocate for All Students, which is available. Like, I want you to pick that up today for pre-order. I think it comes out uh, July 20th, if I remember correctly. So super excited for this book. And with over 11 years in education, he has served as a teacher, principal, and director of special education. Dr. Aikens has a passion for helping educators accomplish equitable practices in their schools. He has earned a bachelor's degree in social science education, a master's in ed leadership, and a PhD in K-12 through education. Welcome to the show, Dr. Aikens. Danny, thank you for having me. I really do appreciate it. I'm glad that I'm, um, you know, we're trying something out new, going live and all that on your end. So thank you again for your time. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's ple- pleasure. All my pleasure. Plus, you know, listen, people, are, they need to be aware of your work. Your work matters. You know, it's so important. And I think uh, we're here to talk about this new book, Leading Equity. So we'll get into that in just a second. But I'd love to start and, you know, go through the time review a little bit with you. And I wanted to ask you about that moment that you learned how to trust yourself, how to use your voice for the first time. What was going on there? You know, it's it's interesting. I started the podcast about four years ago. And uh, and, and it was really personal for me. I, I wanted to create content. I, I, was, I live in Idaho. And uh, as, as a black man living in Idaho, you, you have your experiences. You know, I grew up in the yeah. South. And so it was just a culture shock. It was... Um, it was just a lot different. And I initially moved over here because I, I got a job at the local university here. And what would happen is I, I would have a lot of students come up to me and, and they would tell me different experiences. I primarily worked in high schools from the university. It was a grant house at the university but I would go into the schools and work with high school kids, sometimes even middle school kids, helping them think about careers. What does life look like after after high school, options for college, careers and things like that. And a lot of the kids, especially our kids of color, would just come up to me and tell me, just, you know, open up and share thoughts, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, some of the experiences that they were having. And I honestly did not know how to help them, Danny. It it was just like, I'm dealing with stuff as as an adult. Like when I walk into the high schools, I I deal with stuff and teachers and principals and libraries and things like that. So I'm like, I'm trying to work things out for myself. And then I have students on top of that telling me about their experiences. I didn't know how to help. I didn't know what to do. Uh, you know, pat on the back. It's going to be okay. Just didn't seem like enough. You know, and it, you know, I'm sorry you're going through that. Hopefully it gets better. You know, those, I didn't like having that kind of conversation. I wanted to give them some actual help. Yeah. And so that was that moment. It was about four years ago that I started the podcast because actually, you know, when I met you in Chicago years ago, you and Jethro and Will, Will yeah. Parker, you know, yeah. we all met up and y'all, y'all really encouraged me because I wanted to start content. I wanted to create content, but I'm not a, a writer. I hate writing, which hmm. interesting when we start talking about the book, but initially I wanted to share this content, but I yeah. just, I just got my doctorate. I'm like, I'm used to interviewing folks. This podcast session I'm going to seems like it makes sense. Doesn't seem all that hard. And that was the moment about four years ago. And here we are, which I just released episode 248 
uh, mm-hmm. the leading equity podcast. And I just, and I know so much the network that I've built, uh, the, the amount of just great conversations I've had over the last few years. Yeah. Just very eye opening for me. Right. You know, I think that's one of the, the biggest gifts of doing the, the yeah. podcast for me too. It's just my skill set has tremendously grown because I'm talking to people much smarter than me on a consistent basis. Yeah. And I get to learn, right, from their stories of success and failure and most importantly, take action on one idea that they that they teach me. You know, let, mm-hmm. let me ask you one more question about the podcast then before we get to the book. You know, you said almost 250 shows, uh, four years, you know, of doing this type of thing. Obviously, there's there's been a lot of reflection and growth doing the show. But for somebody watching or listening, and maybe they're thinking about, hey, I should start a blog or a vlog or a podcast, like, what, what would you what would you say? What would you encourage them, you know, in, in that pursuit because of, you know, the value that they can get out of it? I would say do it. Uh, and I always tell people, you know, sometimes people reach out and say, hey, I want to start a show. I want to start something and I'll meet with them and I'll give them, you know, run them down with the equipment and kind of how to get started. And then they're excited, they're thankful and all these things. And then I check in about a month, maybe 90 days later. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> oh, well, you know, I got to wait for the school year to finish or, you know, my daughter this or there's always excuses. And yeah. I try to tell people like people aren't going to listen to your stuff in the very beginning. I mean, who knows? I mean, I, I remember checking my stats early on the first couple months and I mean, I mean, it was crickets. And and it wasn't until I probably about a half, you know, six months in, maybe even a year when people started actually reaching out and saying, yeah. hey, we enjoy your show. And my stats started to kind of go up a little bit more. And it just takes time. And I always tell people, don't be three years from now wishing that you had started three years ago. No one's going to listen to your stuff in the beginning. People will say, oh, well, you know, it's saturated. There's all these education podcasts out there. And I said, but there's your podcast isn't out there. People yeah, listen to shows because they know, like, and trust you. It's your voice. Mm-hmm. And, and it's the, the format of your show. There is a niche for you. But when you say that, oh, I have this excuse, you know, time is not there or, uh, you know, it's too many out there already or uh, whatever it is. I just say, go ahead and get started, even if you're not coming out every week, but at least start creating content and start getting that in, in your bank and, and, and start, produce, you know, start publishing it. Don't wait yeah. till it's too late. Yeah, that's so good. That's the thing is like it could it could be a crowded space. It doesn't matter because the world doesn't have your voice. Right. We're all yeah. unique. And so picking yourself, choosing yourself, showing up as a way of service. Yeah. And nobody listens in the beginning. Now, they didn't listen no to my show listening. either, right? Yeah. But, you know, what's neat is when you're consistent, what I would call a professional, that you show up even when nobody's listening, right? Mm-hmm. You create this vault of content. And by the time people show up, it's like, whoa, look at all this amazing stuff yeah. Dr. Akins has created for me. Yeah. And that's that's part of the secret, actually. So, you know, Hundreds of episodes out there, hundreds of articles, books, whatever. And people actually think you know what you're talking about because you, you've been refining it over the yeah. years. So cool. Well, you have some refined ideas for us in uh, leading equity, becoming an advocate for all students, which is available now for pre-orders. So I definitely want to encourage people to pick that up. You can get it at leadingequitycenter.com slash leading dash equity dash book. We'll have that in the show notes for you as well. But yeah, let's start talking about the book, Sheldon. And here we go. 
there's there's 10 steps in the book. What give us an overview, please. You know, here's the thing. I wanted to, first of all, again, going back to me saying I typically I'm not much of a writer. I I don't like to write it. I I get Mm -hmm. too sidetracked. You know, I'm I'm typing. I see all these red on on a Microsoft Word and I misspelled something. I didn't put a grammar punctuation or whatever. So I'm backspacing and then I forget my thought and it's just a Ah. whole process. All I got to get back going. Someone calls me. Or, or I have a meeting in between writing and I just get sidetracked. So I was like, the, the process of writing was a challenge. And, and I've been approached before by publishers, but when I got approached this, this last time, just perfect time, and it's always been a goal for me to, to have a book. It just, again, the writing process is a struggle. Um, and then being able to share what I've learned over the last few years in, in regards to education and, and equity, um, right. I wanted to be able to share that, you know, and I don't believe in checklists. I don't believe in checkboxes. People will call me or, or reach out to me and say, Sheldon, you know, I miss, I, I had a terrible lesson. Um, I, I know I didn't explain it right. Or I'll have a school administrator say, you know, we just had a, a, a meeting about statistics and when it comes to discipline. And I know I didn't handle this correctly. What are the steps I should have taken and I always try mm-hmm. to say, well, I, I don't believe in a checklist because sometimes when we see, okay, you know, when you go grocery shopping and you got your list of ingredients for the day, this is what I'm going to make for, for this afternoon. I'm going to make chicken ravioli or something, right? And so I know all the ingredients. I go to the store, pick, check, 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 done. I am ready to go make that meal. I'm ready to to do put these ingredients together. And then that's it. Mm-hmm. So when we compare checklists to those type of things, I say, well, just because you did all these steps doesn't mean that you're at the end, you're officially certified as an equity enthusiast. No, there's mm-hmm. there's a continual process. It's a journey that we take. So in the book, I start with knowing yourself, recognizing your own privileges yeah. that we yeah. have. And, and we all have privileges. Uh, and then the last chapter of the book, so you, you're going through a journey. You're, you're learning about the importance of getting to know students' names and getting to know them inside and outside of the classroom. You're learning mm-hmm. about the importance of educating yourself and not relying on your colleagues or relying on those students to teach you, but you're actually doing the work to learn about things yourself. You're going through the process of recognizing or understanding what type of person you are when it comes to doing advocacy work, when it comes to, you know, are you an equity bystander? Are you an equity broker? Are you uh, an advocate? Are you an ally? What are, what, like, how would you classify yourself? Right. And then we get to the, the final part where it's talking about the importance of, OK, you read this book or maybe you've gone to some PDs and maybe you've been actively working on yourself. But let's keep in mind that our students don't just see you throughout the day. So it's one thing yeah. if, if they come to you as a school leader and you know, they you have a relationship with your students. But guess what? They see your teachers as well. And how can you take what you have learned throughout this process and what you're actively learning throughout this process mm-hmm. and translate that information to your colleagues, to your supervisors, to your people at home, your family members, when you're when you're at the dinner party, when, when you're out at celebrating, you know, we just celebrated the 4th of July, when you're out in these picnics and these things and you hear these conversations happening or you're in a staff meeting and you, you know exactly who they're talking about. They may not say it, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. the language is worded in a way that you know exactly which families will exactly which neighborhood and these type of things 
are you willing to speak up? Are you willing to to stand out? Even if everybody else seems to be on board, are you okay with being that one person that says, you know what, hey, yeah. here's something we probably didn't consider. Here's something I've been thinking about over the past few weeks or these past few meetings that we've been going to. I think that we should probably look at some other uh, options or can we think about how this might impact this group of people who aren't present in this meeting, by the way, um, yeah, yeah. that we're making decisions for. So that's what the that's my goal for the books. You're starting here and you're continuing on your journey. You're going to end up here, but you're, it's not, it's okay. The book is done, but there's still more work that we can do. I think Danny, one of the things I'm, I'm very proud of is I believe that no matter where you are on this journey, if you're brand new, I just, I'd never heard of equity. I always thought equity was house stuff, stuff with mortgages and things, or I am just now learning about what equity and education could look like. And I want to get there. Or this is my life experience. This is what I've been dealing with all my life. This is, this is just, Every day for me, no matter where you are, you can definitely gain a lot of tips and strategies throughout this book. Yeah. And I love that you point out, you know, we're all on a, a different journey and, and the, the continuum looks a bit different. But this book will equip us oh, and yeah. walk us, you know, hold our hand through that process. T- tell us more about voice, because you talked about, OK, speaking up in a meeting and maybe colleagues are talking about a certain family that we all know, right? And from a certain neighborhood and that kind of thing. And you know what they're saying is, is off and you want to, you want to confront that, but you're not sure like how to approach it. So what, what would you say in terms of finding your voice and using your voice in these situations? You know, and, and I'm glad you asked that question because, you know, if, if folks have been listening to the show, you you might have noticed that the show has kind of changed uh, over time. I mean, four years, I can't, I'm not going to have the same exact episode every week. You know, you, you start to change. So I think the earlier episodes are really on the what and the why, you know, the different okay. topics centered around equity. And then I started to get a lot more people asking, okay, I get it, Sheldon. You're right. I've identified things at school. Uh, I've identified, you know, some changes that I need to take as a school leader, but mm-hmm. the approach of getting buy-in and the approach of having these conversations are difficult for me. What are some of the strategies that I can utilize to speak to these points to help create that buy-in that I need in order to change some of these systems that have been in place since before I've gotten here or while I've been here, but I've realized, you know what, there's some changes that need to, to be made because it's negatively impacting groups of people. And I, I would say over time, I just kind of started developing more talking points. So within yeah. the book, there's strategies of how to approach those difficult conversations. I need to bring awareness. I just witnessed my colleague uh, last week call out a student and I and I really felt like that interaction wouldn't have been the same had that child been of a different identity or had that child been a little, um, you know, just in a different space. But I could tell that there was some some exchanges that need to happen. I want to bring awareness to this. So a couple steps that I I mentioned in the book, and I'll just abbreviate because I I don't want to give too much of the tea to to, uh, those because I think it's really beneficial if you read it. But uh, one strategy is, is starting off by saying, you know, hey, what? Hey, hey, listen, you know, I know you didn't mean anything by this when you said X, however, it's offensive and here's why, right? Mm-hmm. And so now you're engaging in a conversation. Look, I know you weren't, I I, have, I believe you had the best intentions, but I, I want you to try to look at it from a different perspective or how that student might've taken it or how that parent might've taken 
that comment that you made. Uh, here's why. Sometimes we just tell people, mm-hmm. don't say that, shut things down. You know, that's not what we're doing here. Yeah. We don't give them the why. We, we don't. T- so we don't educate them as far as, OK, this is why you shouldn't say uh, yeah, yeah. this or that. Right. Uh, here's why. So that's one approach. Another approach is, is, you know, you can start with your own vulnerabilities. Start off mm-hmm. by telling a story. Hey, listen, you know, I remember when I first started teaching, uh, I had a situation. I know I didn't do the right thing. Um, I said something I shouldn't have said or I acted upon my instincts as opposed to really getting the information, learning the whole side of the story. But I just took one side of the story and I just acted upon it. And this is a mistake that I made. When I saw you do something last week, it kind of reminded me of that situation. And so now you're opening up the conversation with, you know what? I shared some vulnerability with you. I saw something that I've done in the past that I've that yeah. you reminded me of. Can we engage in that conversation? I think just those two strategies alone, again, it depends on the situation and your relationship with those individuals that you're approaching. But I think those are good starting points. And you can tweak and develop things from there, but at least you have something to go by. A lot of times people just say, hey, I get it. I know I need to to address this, but I just don't know how to approach it. Right. Well, I think what I'm hearing, you know, both those approaches are founded in empathy, right? One saying like, hey, here's my story. Here's how I messed up. Here's what I've learned, right? And like, maybe you can learn from my story because you just did the same thing, by the way. But <laughs> and then and then the second the second one is like, you know, hey, I'm assuming with best intentions, what's going mm-hmm. on here. I know you, right? But you might not be aware. This is how that message probably is landing with people and, and how it might be causing harm and that kind of thing. So I really pre- appreciate both of those approaches and they seem very practical and very doable. So, yeah. okay, we'll learn, we'll learn about voice. You know, earlier when you're describing the book as well, you mentioned uh, just the importance, right, of Knowing students' names, right? Knowing backgrounds, walking a mile in their shoes. Again, this is empathy, but, you know, in terms of relationship building, right? Which I think is is honestly a superpower, whether you're the school leader building relationships with all stakeholders, including staff and parents, uh, or if it's the classroom teacher building relationships, right, with the students as well. But your book digs into that topic. And so for folks watching live or listening to the podcast, what, what is something you'd like to say regarding relationship building? I think the entire book, if you if you were like, what was the overarching message behind the book? You know, yeah. if you were to take one takeaway or one word, it, it is about relationship building. And I know it gets honed on a lot. And, and there's it's almost a buzzword these days when it comes to mm. strategies as an educator. But it, it's really important. Like I see the difference when I'm in like when I was in a classroom and and I would have, you know, fun with my students and then they'll go to their next room and then the teachers will come up to me and ask me, well, how do you get Johnny to do this, this work? Or how, how are you able to keep Johnny in his seat? Or, or I've seemed to end up wanting to kick him out of my classroom every other day. It seems like, what is the, what is your secret sauce? Yeah. Or they'll see me dap up Johnny and we have our own handshake or we have our inside jokes and they're trying to, and, and other teachers are looking at this, trying to figure it out. And I say, Listen, I try to have a, a unique relationship with every single student that comes through this door. It's, I mean, yeah, as, as a classroom, we have jokes and we have, uh, you know, you know, things that we do like 
they know what to expect when they come into my classroom. But on an individual basis, like I really try to connect with each student. Uh, every kid doesn't is, isn't interested in the same things, you know, and, and what is this child interested in? Even if I could care less about what they're interested in, like it may not be the type of music I like or the, the type of movies I watch, but at the end of the day, this is what my students like. And so I want to learn about that. Um, and, and that's the same to me is the same thing as parenting, right? We, we have our kids at home and, and we would like to, I, I don't know any parent that doesn't want to connect with their children, especially when they get older, especially when they start hitting those teen, yeah. teen years, you know, we want to do the same thing. And, and it's all about connecting with them. Yeah. I can push all the stuff that I like and I could talk about nineties uh, hip hop and 2000 hip hop, but you know, a lot of my students, that, that's probably not what they're interested in. It's not about <laughs> me. It's about what they're interested in. So those simple yeah. things as, you know, finding out, and again, I, I, a lot of people talk about this, but it's really, to me, I really do stand on this. It's very important to have those individual relationships um, yeah. and, and just taking that time to just sit and chat with kids and, hey, how was your weekend? What'd you do this weekend? Uh, hey, how was your game the other day? Or I remember you telling me about your recital. How did that go? Yeah. Like Just having those little small talks can make such a difference. And and it gets to the point where kids, when they come into your classroom or when they walk in through the hallways, they don't want to let you down. They don't want to end up in the principal's office anymore right. and, and see you. Uh, you know, the we just talked, you know, we I don't want you here, but if you have that rapport with your students, those kind of things, they're they're willing to work harder and they're willing to to not dis- try not to disappoint you because you have that relationship with them. And I and I think it's we talk about okay, learn about your students, but I also think it's important that we learn about our students can learn about us as well. Like who, who is my teacher? What does my teacher like to do? What does my principal Great. like to yeah. do? What are some of the things that they're interested outside of the school? Cause I think we come to school and as adults, as students, we're not always our in like who we are authentically are because there's rules, there's protocols, there's discipline, there's all these things that are attached to a school. And so I think most of us, majority of those who are the stakeholders aren't always themselves because there's certain images that they have to put on, but being able to see kids or seeing adults outside and in their element being themselves to me makes such a difference. And that's all part of that relationship building. Absolutely. Well, you know, the ruckus maker watching or listening may have missed it, but just the fact that you might have a secret handshake, right? With a student like that shows a level of care in relationship right there. Uh, something you highlighted that I really want to reflect back uh, is the idea that you're, you know, reveal stuff about you. They want to know mm-hmm. who you are. You know, the, what I tell ruckus makers is you're a 3D character, right? Yeah. So if there's only five things people know about you, you know, who are your enemies? You know, inequity probably should be one of them. If let's see, talk about your superpowers, your core values, right? So that people know like who you are. And that's an important point too. So a lot of great stuff there with relationships. And I, I think, Here's the thing. You said relationships almost like a buzzword these days. Yeah. And that, that, that pains me to hear that. But it's because of a, a new concept. You're probably familiar with it, but I just learned it's called a cap gap. And so what happens is that educators, ruckus makers, have knowledge on how to build relationships. They have the right attitude. They want a desire, right, to build strong relationships with everyone. But the P is for practice. So you can't just have knowledge attitude. You have to have practice as well. Mm-hmm. John Doerr says ideas are easy, executions everything. 
you got to be a leader of action, have a bias for action to make this stuff a reality. So cool. Well, Sheldon, we're going to take a quick pause to get in some messages from our sponsors. When we come back, let's talk about buy-in from staff and uh, maybe how this is not your typical equity book in uh, the last few questions I asked all my guests. All right. Well, today's show is sponsored by three sponsors. One would be Organized Binder, who helps really level up the executive functioning uh, among all your students. And the beautiful thing about executive functioning is if you get that right, it has incredible return on investment in every single class. So you teach it once, right? And it spreads throughout all your classes. Students can be successful. So you can learn more at organizedbinder.com. The show is also sponsored by TeachFX. They have what they call a Fitbit for teachers. So imagine this, imagine you can basically record and chart out and score almost the amount of talk time that you're doing as a teacher, right? Talk time should be a majority of students so that they're doing the thinking and learning and not the teachers. And what we find is that, you know, educators think they're giving ownership to the students, but in reality, they're talking the entire time. So you can learn more. I think there's a 20% discount too at uh, teachfx.com slash PLBS. And the last show sponsor is Harvard's uh, Graduate School of Education that has a Certificate of School Management and Leadership program. I've heard from a tremendous amount of ruckus makers who are going through that certification program that it is legit incredible, right? Extremely practical, working with case studies, things that you can bring into your school building immediately and transform your leadership and the culture. So go to betterleadersbetterschools.com slash Harvard to learn more. All right, and we're back now with Dr. Sheldon L. Aikens, founder of Leading Equity Center and author of the new book, available for pre-order now, Leading Equity, Becoming an Advocate for All Students. So Sheldon, you know, Let's talk buy-in for staff, right? Because <laughs> uh, there's going to be people, let's just be honest, they're resisting the message. Yeah. And for whatever reason, it's not landing with them, uh, or maybe they're actually actively working against this idea of equity. How do we get buy-in from a staff? You know, that's a good question. I, I have a lot of principals, even district-wide uh, folks, you know, DEI leaders within their school or their districts that I work with. And I, I would say the common challenge that these folks will, will tell me is either one, uh, the staff will tell them, oh, not our school. You know, this, this is not here. We don't have an equity issue. Uh, a lot of that times they'll, they'll m- mention, you know, well, we don't have a, a high population of students of color. So we don't have any equity issues here. Um, so that's that's one comment that I'll get. The other one is, well, I don't have everybody on board yet. And so once I get everybody on board, then we'll start making some some equity changes uh, at our school. And it's, the challenges with both of those is one, when they say that it's not our school and 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 you know not here, this is not a, a thing at our school. And especially when they say, because we don't have a lot of students of color. And I always say, well, equity work is not limited to folks of color. We say culturally responsive teaching. We say these type of these type of um, words. And so we just 
automatically often will say, okay, well, black and brown students, you know, students of color, this is a challenge for them. But we had to keep in mind that even if you have a school that's predominantly white, you're going to have social class issues. You're going to have the kids that live in this neighborhood versus the kids that live in that neighborhood. You're going to have the the more affluent folks. You're going to have those who have more access to resources. Like those type of issues can happen across the board at any type of school. But if we just limit it to race, then we're going to miss the bigger picture when, you know what, there are... IEP meetings that are being held in the middle of the day. And, you know, parents were wondering why parents don't show up to these IEP meetings, but they're at, you know, 10 o'clock in the after in the morning. Yeah. The, the parents are at work. Um, are we doing these meetings when it's just convenient for us because we're at work? So we expect our parents to be able to show up, our guardians to be able to show up to these meetings. Right. So that, that's the one thing is equity is not limited to just race. Every school has room for growth, okay? Now, the other comment about where folks will say, well, uh, once everybody's on board, then uh, we'll, we'll start making those changes. The reality is you will not have everybody on board. It is a process. That is part of the yeah. change, right? You got people yeah, that are yeah. not going to want to change. And when you're, if you're sitting there waiting for everybody to say yes, you know, okay, we're ready to do it, then that's not... First of all, that's not good leadership, uh, nor is it really going to address the issue that that you're having. You're going to have folks that are, are watching certain news stations that are reading certain blogs and reading certain things and believe that, you know, all type of political stuff that's happening and they're believing all that stuff. Right. And then you're going to have folks that are actively trying to work. You're going to have some veterans at your school that uh, they're they've been teaching the same stuff for the last 20 years and they're not wanting to change any of that. Uh, they've been grading the same way. You know, these type of systemic t- dress code has always been the same. It's always been a tradition for yeah. this. Or we do this every single year at this time of year. That doesn't make it right because you've always done it. If you recognize that there's some changes that need to happen, that this celebration that you do every single, I don't know, October of every year or whatever you're, you got going on, these traditions are they excluding other people? Has your demographics changed over the last 20 years with your student population? Does it, is this still something that we should be doing or should we make mm. some changes? You're not going to get everybody on board. And as a leader, it is your job to start working as a, a team and eventually people will start to latch on. People will start to to come on board. But from the beginning, if you're saying, uh, I want everybody on board from the very beginning, that's not going to happen. And, and that's not just an equity thing. I would say in general, when we want to make changes at our school and systems, yeah. when we want to change policies, we want to change procedures, when we want to change a lot of the way that we do stuff, there's going to be resistance. There's going to be people that, that just don't want to have these type of changes happen. And that's Part of that strong leadership is being willing to take these things on, even if they are going to be a challenge and working with your team. If you got assistant principals, if you if it's just you, whatever you got going on, take those resources that you have available and be able to start leading that change. Absolutely. It's just I mean, it's flat out unrealistic to think everybody's going to be on board in the beginning. And actually, too, like, would you want it that way? What's the challenge in that? Where's the leadership? You know what I mean? Where are you growing as an individual? So I think that's a part of the fun is to say, okay, I can see a future reality that's not here yet. And as a leader, I'm going to tell you why that's a better place for us to be and exist in and how we're going to get there. And so you cast that vision. Cool. Well, uh, before we get to the last two questions, I ask all my guests, 
you, know, you mentioned, Sheldon, in our pre-chat that this is not your typical equity book. So what did you mean by that? Yeah. <laughs> so I didn't. So folks that know, like, if you listen to me do solo episodes or see me on stage keynotes and things like that, you know, I was raised in a church. And so I got a lot of inspiration when it comes to speaking from pastors, you know, it's just how it was, you know. So when I would get called to, to come on stage, to, to be on the pulpit and do a sermon, that's my style. That's my approach. So I, But I didn't want to write a whole book. That was just preaching to you the whole time, you know, you know, you got to do better. You know, I, I just I didn't I wanted to do a little bit more than that and and actually give tools and tips. So packed in the book. I mean, there's there's lesson plan templates, um, culturally responsive lesson plan templates. There's um, implicit bias journal prompts for a whole week. You can just do yeah. just every day, just kind of reflect on what you have going on. There's strategies on like tips on how to help amplify your student voices, how to learn uh, students' names. There's there's strategies on how to uh, uh, look at students as assets and not deficits. There's there's mm. strategies on how to decolonize your classroom. Like I'm telling you, these are the things that we need to do. These are the steps that we need to take in order to be an equity minded um, educator. And here's how. Okay, here's some examples. Here's those talking points that I mentioned earlier. Here's those uh, you know. Here's some experiences that I've had. This is how I handled it. Uh, here's some suggestions as well, uh, depending on where you're at. But I wanted this book, I wanted folks to leave this book feeling a lot better and not just feeling like, oh man, I just need to do better, but actually feeling about a lot better as far as what they've learned and the process of how to do better as an educator. Right, got it. Okay, you've made it to the last few questions I asked all my guests. And again, I'm excited for your book. Uh, I encourage everybody to pre-order for sure. Leading Equity, Becoming an Advocate for All Students. You can get that on Amazon. You can get it from uh, Dr. Aiken's website as well. Okay, Sheldon, if you could put a message on all school marquees around the world, but just for a day, what would your message read? Just for a day, I would probably say we embrace the experiences, the authentic experiences of all school stakeholders, not just the students, but just for all school stakeholders. We embrace the unique experiences of all our stakeholders. Um, and, I, and I think that that part right there is important because the thing about marquees and slogans, sometimes we'll say stuff on, and it's on the walls in our handbooks, but the action has to be there. So if I'm saying, yeah, we embrace all the unique experiences, authentic experiences of my of our stakeholders, I need to be able to show that or produce that through an actual or tangible um, evidence as well. Yeah. Well, we're back to, you know, that idea of what you, you know, what you say matters, but what you do probably matters a lot more. Right. So yeah. appreciate that answer. Now, Sheldon, you're building your dream school. You're not limited by any resources. Your only limitation is your imagination. So how is Dr. Aikens building his dream school? What would be the three guiding principles? I think going back to the authenticity, you know, again, we are in schools these days and, and as adults and as, as students, we, we, we take a little bit of ourselves and it's not reflected in our, our schools, you know, in our daily practices. So I think that would be the number one thing. It's just an authentic experience. Mm -hmm. Students are allowed to be themselves. There is not a bunch of stress on, you know, oh, you have a hoodie on or you have a, a hat on. Oh, you, you know, you, 
you're too loud. You know, no, let the students be themselves and, and, and let's see how that let's just try. It. Let's just try it. And see how that goes. That would be the, Let's I guess, try. the first principle. The second principle is I really do want to get rid of standardized tests and grading. Um, I don't think it's equitable. I've looked at different models. I've looked at different situations. I've even read books on equity and grading. And, and it just the current structure, I think, needs to change. So that would be another piece to, to the puzzle, if you will. And that third piece would be... I've gone back and forth with college. You know, I was, you know, I was working in a position where like that was the goal. You finish high school and you go into college, but more on what does life look like after high school for you? Okay. I I think that rather than pushing, you know, four-year degrees or two-year, you know, all that stuff. No, what's next for you? Let's help you get there because, you know, some people really do want to enter into the workforce right after high school. Some folks do want to go to college. Some folks do want to, uh, you know, life happens, situations happen. Maybe they need a little bit more time to figure some things out. But I want to, whatever your choice is, at least you have a plan. At least you have a choice and we're going to celebrate whatever that is. And I think that would be the third piece to the school. Sounds good. Well, Sheldon, we covered a lot of ground today of everything we discussed. What's the one thing you want a ruckus maker to remember? The journey continues. It's I am people come at me and say, Sheldon, you're the equity expert. I say, no, I am on a journey just like you. I just try to stay a chapter mm-hmm. ahead. So just the work continues. There is no full arrival. You've certified none of that kind of stuff. It's just a constant trying to learn how to be better and educating yourself. Thanks for listening to the Better Leaders, Better Schools podcast, Ruckus Maker. If you have a question or would like to connect, my email, daniel at betterleadersbetterschools.com or hit me up on Twitter at Alien Earbud. If the Better Leaders, Better Schools podcast is helping you grow as a school leader, then please help us serve more ruckus makers like you. You can subscribe, leave an honest rating and review, or share on social media with your biggest takeaway from the episode. Extra credit for tagging me on Twitter at Alien Earbud and using the hashtag BLBS. Level up your leadership at betterleadersbetterschools.com and talk to you next time. Until then, class dismissed. Mm-hmm.